If you know you're meant for more but find yourself spinning your wheels or getting in your own way, then this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Bendel, creator of the Meant For More movement, and this podcast is here to inspire and motivate you to say no to mediocrity and average and a big fired up yes to claiming your more in every area of your life. So if you know you're playing small and getting in your own way, then let's get real, honest and massively inspired because I believe that we are all meant for more. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Meant For More podcast. Today I am celebrating so much about my journey in my business because it has brought me so many amazing, amazing friends. And one of those ladies is the amazing Amber Duggar, who is the founder of Profit For Keeps. And so I wanted to bring on Amber today because we're talking about reclaiming your power around money. I think this is going to be a very, very juicy one because Amber has amazing philosophy around money. We're bringing both kind of like the mindset stuff around why it's got so much emotion to it, but also very, very strategic like strategy to manage it. And it's all about making sure that we've got profit no matter what. So Amber, welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm so good, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's been ages since we talked. I know, I know. This is why I'm so excited because I'm just like just getting to chat with amazing women and like bringing to, you know, the meant for more energy to everything. I feel like this is going to be a good one. So Amber, we met in Bali, right? We did yeah. in 2016. <laughs> it's so funny because we, um, it was must have been like one of your last nights in Bali and one of my first nights. And we met at this, I think it was your leaving do, was it? Something like was, that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I ended up renting the room in the villa that Amber had been living in. So it was so funny that we created this friendship like that was super, super quick. And then I'm like living in her old house. <laughs> I think our first call, you were in my bed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I miss my bed. <laughs> That's exactly it. I can see it. I think I just had a massage and I was like, right, I think you were my client at the time. And it was just like very informal. That's how we used to do things in the day. So seven years ago or something. Okay, let's dive in. I want to just like invite you to share a bit more about like your philosophy around money. Like where do you want to start? Well, I can tell you all first by saying that if you're still listening after hearing the topic, kudos <laughs> to you, because this is something that really takes a lot of determination and decision, intentional decision-making to learn more about money. So I really want to give major kudos and also give yourself a lot of grace in this conversation because money is one of those really tricky things that can bring up a lot of emotion and things that we may not even want to be feeling. And what I find is that it's 99% behavioral and emotional. So when we say, oh, we're not numbers people or, oh, this is just not for me, It's actually so, so much more around how we kind of saw ourselves around money growing up and also certain things that our parents may have taught us because our parents are not perfect and they had their own relationship with money. So my philosophy is quite different in that I never thought I would touch money again with a 10-foot pole. I thought that once I left corporate, I was going into health coaching and that was it. (laughs) I'm definitely not the conventional gray suit, sterile office, making you feel bad about your decision-making. This is all about truly an expansive, empowering way to allow your business to fuel what you really want to do with the freedom that you've created for yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So why do you think there's so much feeling and emotion around money then? It's all from just like growing up. 
Yeah, it's a lot about our paradigm that we learned as children. So our first experiences with money can mold how we interact with it. And the really good thing is that it, we are absolutely able to change how we think about it, which therefore allows our relationship with it to change as well. And it depends on your generation and what your parents experience as well and what they experience with their parents. So a lot of times we have this, and it's definitely a pandemic in terms of thought process that we correlate our worth with money. And there's absolutely no tie between our worth and money. Like we are infinitely valuable beings. And so right there, when we think about how so much of this stems around, oh, well, I can't pay for your soccer lessons, or I can't pay for your piano lessons because you're just not good enough. Sorry, you're not really into it. You're not practicing. So I'm not going to pay for your piano lessons because they're too expensive. Right there, that can be a signal that I'm just not worthy of those panel lessons versus, you know, just making a decision of you're not really into it, but it has nothing to do with your worth, but you can easily start subconsciously carrying those stories. And then that can influence our behavior later on. Oh my goodness. Yes, 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 yes. I even had a client today and who we were talking about, she was like, am I like, actually my bank account's quite low at the moment. And I'm like, can we stop? Like, saying that the only metric of success is money because there's so many other things as business owners that we can be celebrating I was like look how many amazing adventures and impact and all of that stuff that you've done so far this year and yet you're just choosing to say oh this particular month so money is just so loaded it's got so much emotion attached to it hasn't it and then you bring in this online world which we've all kind of stepped into and it's it blows my mind like I always say like this is not my battle to fight but the amount of things that I see out there with like, you know, like the how much you can earn or how much I make and all of this, I'm like, this is not okay. Because going back to like, oh, I'm not good enough if I'm not earning like the seven figures, et cetera. And we've suddenly like, we've lost track of what even we want or what success means because we're getting these messages constantly. So we were getting messages as children and now we've put ourselves into this bubble. that's like sending us even more messages of not being good enough, right? Absolutely. And we're also confusing our worth with how we're setting our pricing mm -hmm. when in the actuality, our pricing is reflective of the value that your clients perceive the exchange to be the experience or the outcome that you are promising with your client. That is the key to pricing. And so a lot of times we don't value the service that we provide because it naturally comes to us. You know, it's something that's very easy. But when we think about for a second, putting ourselves in the shoes of our client and our client truly seeing that this is a solution and that they can actually see themselves getting there, that value is, is so much greater to them. And when we look at it from that perspective, we can then price it appropriately. An easy way to do this is to actually think of something that you're struggling with and imagine coming across just that right person that's just making you feel like this is it. This is going to help me. You can then see, of course, I would pay more for that. So it helps you kind of shift that so that we're not constantly just thinking, oh, well, why would anyone pay that much to mm -hmm. be with me? And we're removing ourselves completely from that equation. But it's definitely a practice. And, you know, we all continue to face this and then we can remind ourselves. And so a thing that I always say is, 
please give yourself grace for the decisions you've made up until this point in your life, because they were all great decisions because you made them with the information you had at hand. And when you have new information, then you can make new decisions. So as you're learning more about money, it's so, so key to just allow yourself that perspective because it is so easy to get caught up in comparison or caught up in income comparison or business comparison or visibility comparison. But it's really all about just what you naturally need to be calling in and having that happen naturally without worrying so much about what everyone else is doing. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. It's a practice because I think that's the thing as well. Like we beat ourselves up because there's just so many messages being thrown at us around about money and it is a practice and we are going to keep like learning and evolving. And the lesson there was to come back to what does it look like for me? Like it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing, but we've become, we've got into this world of like external validation of looking at what everyone else is doing and actually the key is to come back and like what does that look like for me what do I need and so much stress around this kind of topic and so let's go reclaiming your power around money then so where do we start like what's the first baby step yeah well the very first thing is to recognize that the financial and educational systems have absolutely failed us they've absolutely failed us we have not learned about this in school and we definitely are not learning about it from the financial industry because they are intentionally wanting to keep us as ignorant as possible so that they can look like the hero when they come in with the loan or the extra credit on the credit card or whatever it is. And so I would say the very first thing is just recognizing that we already have an uphill battle when it comes to seeing what we actually need to know. And I think this is actually correlated very much so with health. I think we're in a similar situation with health in that, you know, there's a lot of money involved in keeping people not thriving. And there's a lot of money involved in ensuring that people are not thriving financially as well. So I would say that's the first thing is just truly giving yourself some breathing space and knowing that there's nothing wrong with you. There is absolutely a lot of things that are going against us as a society for becoming more empowered around money. Good news, there's the, that all that is out there. The information is out there and it's simply a neutral energy. Money is simply a neutral energy. And the more that we diffuse our emotions around money, the more that we can truly start utilizing it just like we do water, just like we do air, just like we do any other resource, there's this thing around the karmic flow of money. And so when you have karmic flow of money, you recognize that it's just as important to have gratitude when money goes out Mm. as when it comes in. So when you get paid by a client, thank the money that's coming in. When you pay for work with a coach or when you pay your mortgage, thank the coach, thank the mortgage company as well for allowing you to be able to live in your home while you're paying off the balance. That type of gratitude makes a big shift and it's something that is so easy to forget to do. And I know we've heard this a thousand times over, but it's a good reminder next time today when you're going out and making a payment, thank the money leaving. That will just allow that cycle to continue and ebb and flow and have money come in and money go out just when it needs to be. Oh, and I love that. It's just like really changing the energy of money coming in and out. And like that's our needs to become part of our practice. 
Yeah, this is so interesting. Now, I know that, you know, having watched your journey, like it's been so amazing. Like you've, Amber has created like a very successful business and has like a, a really tangible like system that you teach entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's all about being permanently profitable. Like this is, you know, but tell us a bit about Profit for Keeps. Yeah. Well, so when I was in Bali, I actually went there as a health coach. Like I said, like I was getting PTSD from hearing the Xerox in the Hubud environment. I'm just like, I don't need to be in corporate ever again. But when I noticed that so many individuals were wanting me to talk more about cash flow and how I managed it and why I wasn't stressing too much when it came to that type of thing, I just enjoyed talking about it and enjoyed recognizing that there's so much more to money than the numbers and that it's really holding space and that the coaching education that I received was really perfect for taking the financial information that I already knew readily and then having the coaching. So it's slowly swapped over. And what I noticed right away is that as entrepreneurs, where we have freedom as a major part of why we left corporate, whether it be location freedom, time freedom, or a combination and just autonomy in general, I find that we typically all have different needs and desires. So like Joe, I know you love to travel. I know that you love to have that time and space to be able to do that. So it's going to look very different than someone living in, you know, upstate New York, with three children going to private schools and like doing different things, right? So they have different desires, but we all then still use the same six-figure, multi-six-figure, seven-figure type revenue goals when they're all so, so different. So Profit for Keeps really takes that concept and allows you to first focus on what brings you joy and then reverse engineer your revenue goal around a specific number that gives you the resources to provide you opportunities and experiences to have that joy and also to be able to live your life. But then on top of that, it's addressing the whole thing. It's addressing personal business cash flow. And cash flow is so, so different than bookkeeping or accounting. So what's the difference between cash flow and bookkeeping then? Yeah. So like when you first start off in business, you hear like, you need a bookkeeper, you need an accountant, you need to set up an entity. There's depending on the country you're in and all of this. And that is so important. So, so important. But where bookkeepers and accountants really get the shaft Mm -hmm. (laughs) is they are expected to help us pay ourselves regularly, have enough money to pay our mortgage, have enough money for our, our living expenses And that's not their job. So their job is to help document all of your expenses that are actual expenses so that you can pay the right amount of tax. So bookkeepers are the documenters, and then the accountants are the ones that is taking all that information and helping you pay your taxes. And those are important components. But for a business owner, we're the ones that have the vision. We're the ones that have like the idea that what we want to do with our business and what we want to do with our life. And so therefore... Having someone else have that control is definitely not something I want. I want to be able to make those decisions myself. And so I do believe it is actually a $10,000 an hour task to be looking at your cash flow on a regular basis. And that means actually looking at it from a much more simplified manner. We have money in all sorts of different electronic bank accounts, and we have money coming in in Stripe and PayPal and all these different places. So it can feel really confusing and overwhelming. 
So it's just reducing all of that noise and getting back to what really matters, which is imagine for a moment that you have a little office and clients come in one by one and they pay you. And then you get a pile on your desk of cash. At the end of the day, you have to organize that cash. That's all we're doing with cash flow is determining, okay, a certain portion needs to go to intentional profit. A certain portion needs to be able to pay myself. A certain portion needs taxes because the tax man's coming on Monday. So I need to make sure he has money. And then the rest of the money there is for business expenses. And the more that you can be organized in that way, then it's like, oh, a bill comes, no worries. I have the money set aside to pay it. And it allows yourself a lot more time to let that creativity come back in because you're not spending so much contaminated time worrying about money. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think this is why I love your philosophy around money as well, because it's the same as me, like you've got like the, like we're bringing in like ultimately the why, like it's personal and money goals need to be personal, but we need what amount of money we need on a monthly basis is so personal, but we also need this practical system of like, yeah, but what do I do with the money? So I remember years and years ago, like you first introduced, you know, all of us to profit first and mm. which is basically what you're saying around the buckets. And so for me, I I always obviously rebel did my own version of it. And, <laughs> and, but you know, every month it's money goes aside for tax money goes aside for, you know, like into this bank account. And so, yeah. So tell us a bit more about because I know that you've got like a, a very simple, like quick strategy that can be used each day. You've got a system, haven't you, for like entrepreneurs? Yeah. So that is the profit for keep system. And it's really just components of, of five of the things that I believe if everyone has in place, they can be a profitable business. And also it's important to realize too, that we have business cycles. So even by implementing the system, it doesn't mean that you never, ever go and you never go into debt again. It's just now you're intentionally choosing to, if you desire to, if you know that you're wanting to make a pivot and be able to take that next level into your business. So it's more about just being really intentional with your cash flow. And so those five components of a profitable business are like so simple, yet most people don't have them in place. And so they're essentially having that revenue goal that's unique to you based on your personal expenses and your business expenses. It's having a clear revenue forecast so that you can compare that and see what action you need to take so that when you're doing your most important tasks on a daily basis, it's actually building up to that revenue goal that does make everything flow so much easier. And then having a personal budget, which I think a lot of cash flow and even profit first misses. They don't focus on the personal, but it's so important to have a clear system for your personal cash so that you're not unintentionally sabotaging the profitability of your business by taking out too much because you don't have something in place to see where you want your money to go. And of course, if you have a personal one, then you want a business one and have components of profit first implemented in that. And then of course, just a really clear plan for what you're wanting to experience over the 12 months so that you can really see what items you want to be putting aside money for so that you can make that happen without feeling any major financial strain or stress. Yeah. The thing is, it's like not being afraid of this because actually what you've done is you've simplified this for us. We don't need to understand. You gave us a step-by-step, but the thing I was going to ask, what does somebody do if they're like, well, that's all well and good, but what if there's not much money coming in? Like, where do we start? Which part of the, the profit for keep system do we use? Is it still relevant to us? Yeah, it's always relevant. And that said, no system will work if you have not 
decided now is the time for me to be bringing in more money. But what I find is that the revenue goal, when we get that clear number, we can start doing some wealth consciousness practices that allow us to think in a way that bring solutions to what we may not see right in front of us, because there are so many different perspectives other than our own. So even when I hold up this mug, even though I know this is audio only, you see a completely different side to this than I do. And so having trusted people in your space that have done what you want to do is so important so that you can get perspective from the right people. You don't want to be getting this from your next door neighbor who's never run a business in their life, but by talking to people who are really in this with you can be very helpful. But the thing is the revenue goal itself, when you get that number, you can just start writing that down and putting it all over your house and just start thinking like, how could I make that happen? Like, what would my business need to look like to make that happen? And a lot of times, like, I'll never forget this. When I finished health coaching school, I was working against two different people telling me, and they were actually in the industry, which just blew my mind. So the health coaching school itself was telling me to start off charging $199 a session. And then my business coach at the time was saying, well, I'm going to show you how to make 5k months. Well, I lived in DC. There was no way 5K was going to cut it. I needed to make close to 9K months at the time. And on top of that, <laughs> if I was going to make $9,000 a month at $199 a session, it's a lot of you sessions. Can see that's going to be a <laughs> buttload of clients. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that we are given very good intended advice, but not good advice a lot of the time when it comes to money. So if I had taken both of those examples, going for 5000 at $199 a session, if I do the math really quickly, so that's 25 sessions a month. And on top of that, I would not be hitting my goal. So I would wow. be getting stressed out because yeah. I wouldn't even be making the right amount of money. Yes. One little shift you know, to where you are charging enough so that you can say, okay, I want 10 clients a month and I want to see them twice a month. So that's 20 calls. So what does that look like? But making sure you're looking at the right revenue. And I think that really does help elevate revenue because when we have a clear target that gives us confidence yeah. and then also reworking some of our stories around pricing, that is a surefire way to accelerate into higher revenue, but it yeah. is a process. Oh my gosh, because I remember fortunately being thrown when I was sort of threw myself into that online world, I was introduced to wealth consciousness. And so like learn a lot about all this stuff. And like you said, you know, we need both of it. We've got to be working on our mindset. It's the same as everything, you know, even the same with like the productivity stuff. I'm like, you're not, you maybe don't use the tools for a reason because there's like, you know, we've got all this conditioning, but ultimately the system is what like supports us. And, but we've got to, we need the practical and we need the mindset stuff. And and so for me, I'm like glad that I was introduced to wealth consciousness and like really being aware of like, yeah, put the figure out there. And this is what I'm working towards. And from a energetic like perspective, who do I need to be to create the business that's going to bring me? The, like for me, it was all about, I've talked about this before. Right? I don't really focus on income. I don't talk a lot about my income or like how I'm going to help clients create a certain income because you know as this conversation shares it's like it's irrelevant like it doesn't it's not the point and like for me at the start like the big goal was this location freedom but I had to have all of the you know I had to do all the inner work to be able to create it externally so 
I think, yeah, I think this is really exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, this system can be can be put into place wherever you are, whatever your income is, wherever you are in your business. It's about taking back control. Like I said, reclaiming your power is like getting intentional about your money, what you want, what you need, what's going out, what's coming in and your mindset around it. Absolutely. And it's not something that you're going to achieve overnight. So mm-hmm. I think resetting expectations and leaving them at the door and allowing yourself to experience what you're meant to experience first in this journey is important. Some people are going to feel really good jumping right into the practical stuff and just getting mm-hmm. the revenue goal calculated and looking at their forecast and doing all of that work. Others tend to do better allowing themselves to really feel into what it would feel like to not have debt, to have savings in the bank, to have extra money coming in. What is it that you would do with that money? What is it that you would do with that extra resource that's coming in that could be intentionally bringing you and those you love joy that has that ripple effect? Our revenue is directly tied to our impact. So when we look at it from that perspective, we kind of almost release the power that money is holding around us and almost forgetting about it for a minute and just allowing yourself to say, you know what? (laughs) I know that I can call things in that I desire when my nervous system is settled. And I do believe that the system that we teach helps do that, which allows us to then step into a new level of consciousness, but it's all about settling the nervous system. And sometimes it helps to do the practical. Sometimes it helps to do the dreaming, but allow yourself to play around and see what feels best to you to start with. And our gut and our intuition is so, so spot on. We just need to be quiet enough to really hear that. And then when we do that, we can just start this process and it's just yeah. one step out of a time for sure. And I love how you're like, it isn't like this is step one, this is step two. It's like, what do you need? Where are you at? What does your nervous system need right now? And like, how gorgeous is that? How different is that to be like, when I feel calm, then I can make different decisions and different choices. And yeah, amazing. So anything else you want to share with us? Is there anything that I've kind of missed out that would be useful? No, I mean, you ask such great questions, Joe. I would say, honestly, for those listening, if you're feeling like, I just still don't know where to get started, I would say, just take a moment and ask yourself, do you know how much you want to be charging? And do you feel confident that that's going to cover your taxes, your paychecks, all of that? If you don't have those two things set up, I would highly recommend that you do those things. We run masterclasses quite often that teach this. So you can get on our wait list and I'm sure Joe can put a link below for that. But also if you do not have an easy way for someone to pay you and an easy way for someone to book in, to have a conversation around paying you, those are two things that I think we tend to skip over and instead focus on the website and focus on the social media posts and focus on all these other things But I rarely, if ever, have a second sales call. I always have everything ready to go and really allow that person to step into his or her commitment to herself because you are a conduit of investment for your clients. And so when they're investing in themselves through you, they're able to say yes and show up. And that is a big, big thing. So having that ready to go on the sales call makes all the difference because then you can just start really hitting your revenue goal, making a difference with your clients and starting to really get in the rhythm of business. 
Yes. And this goes back to exactly what you started the conversation with around how we've attached money to our worth. And like, if you're somebody that is working in the background, but doesn't want to make any offers or, you know, isn't struggling to get paid for what you do, like really diving into that and being curious, like very gently, very gently, like being curious about what's my story around money? What am I making it mean? The one thing I did want to say is because obviously we've both been in the entrepreneurial world and built businesses that we love, you know, we've through trial and error and all of that stuff. And like, how do you move through challenges? I wanted you to answer that. But also I want to say from my perspective is that when we have a system, whether it's for managing our time, if it's for managing our money, whatever it is, like that's what supports us. Like when you talked about Maybe there'll be a month when there's not that much cash flow. But because I know that I've got the forecast, et cetera. But that aside, like building a business, it's like, what do you do when it's challenging? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely have experienced challenging times <laughs> as we all have. So the very first thing I think from a financial perspective is because of the system that inadvertently was created that we now teach. When I know revenue is down, I will actually not look at my system for a while. And the reason for that is because one, I know I'm buffered. I have plenty of cash there to carry on for a certain amount of time that I know in my head. So I know that for me personally, looking at the numbers being lower can put me in a state of fear, which is a false emotion appearing real, as we all know. And so what instead I'll do is I will still have a good idea of what the deficit is. That's really important. That's why that forecast and that revenue goal is so important. And I can start playing around with that number and think, well, what could I do to call in that amount of money and just allow it kind of come to me naturally? I do a lot of walking. I love movement where we can bring in information and that's part of it. But also just recognizing that business is not an upward arrow. Mm. A, a healthy, remember a healthy business cycle goes up and down. So when you're on a down, get that opportunity to be able to look and see what are we doing right here and let's celebrate that. And then what do we have opportunity to improve and see what would most make sense for us to be improving and focus on that area. And it just allows us that space to do that because you know, if we're in a, in a service-based business, we're either working with clients or working on our business. So when we have less clients, we have more time to work on our business and vice versa. I definitely do that. The other thing I would say is just always doing a weekly review and looking and seeing what's working, what's not, and also what can I do for myself personally? So I really, really believe in self-care as I know you do, Joe. And I always put my body before my business. So acupuncture, massage, looking after myself in terms of just having those abilities to go on walks and things like that. And it's so easy to say we don't have time. And I have definitely been that person, but I really do believe the more that we intentionally put that in and make sure we're doing well, everything else improves for sure. Mm, I love that. Thank you. And I couldn't agree more. Like actually prioritizing that it gets to be this simple like taking yourself for a walk moving the energy and allowing yourself to like be present in how you're feeling and what else is possible and where you're at is just so underrated as a strategy for moving through challenges so thank you I think that 
conversation was beautifully empowering and I'm sure people have got many many questions and you know want to find out more so where's the best place to go and stalk you for all things profit <laughs> yeah so there's two places one if you'd like to get on that masterclass waitlist you can go to amberdugger.com slash masterclass and I'm on Instagram at profit.with.amber and I would love to connect with you in either place we also have a beautiful community on Facebook. It's called Sweet Life Purposeful Money. Thank you. I will put all of the links in the show notes. And I want to say a massive thank you. Thank you so much for just this conversation. I feel like it is just like we said at the start, it's such a taboo, like it's, there's so much energy around it. And so thank you for bringing such gorgeous energy to this topic and reminding us that it's not just all about the numbers. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. We are breaking the taboo down around not talking about money by doing it. So thank you for that. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is here to give us all permission to claim more from life and business. I'd love you to head over to Instagram and let's continue this conversation there. You'll find me at joe underscore Bendel. Here's to no longer settling and instead claiming our more.